Welcome to What's Going On, the weekly podcast and videocast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of What's Going On. I'm Pastor Katie Ricky here at First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm so glad that you have joined me today, uh, or whatever day it is that you're listening to this podcast. I'm glad that you are uh, with me. Um, so before I kind of dive into what I want to talk about today, I want to give a quick update about some of our mission giving. Uh, if you watch the worship services, you might have already heard this, but uh, a few weeks ago we had the di- directors of two organizations here in Yankton on the podcast. Uh, we had um, Missouri Valley Pregnancy Resource Center as well as the River City Domestic Violence Center. Uh, we were able to donate a large amount of items to River City Domestic Violence Center, so much so that I believe they actually uh, had us redirect some of them to another domestic violence center, which I think is pretty amazing. Um, and then also we did the baby bottle boomerang for the Missouri Valley Pregnancy Resource Resource Center. And we brought in, I said on Sunday that we brought in over 900. Well, that was true. But the the real truth is we actually brought in over $1,000. And so that is so amazing. And I'm uh, just so proud of our church and and the way that that all of you um, stepped up and, and was a blessing for both of these organizations and the work that they are doing, especially with women and children uh, in scenarios and situations that they didn't expect to be in. Um, and for those who are who are struggling with abuse, those who are uh, in dangerous situations with human trafficking, and for those who are facing unplanned pregnancies and, and the realities that come with that. Um, so just a huge thank you uh, if you are someone who participated in that and know that uh, we are going to continue to um, partner with our local organizations because as the church. That's part of what we do and who we are is that um, we want to help meet the needs of those who are in need right here in our community, um, that we should we should be a blessing to our community. So just a big thank you uh, for that. Um, and then just looking ahead, we've got some fun things coming up um, in March here. Uh, we're going to be having something called Camp March. Um, and normally, uh, when we are promoting our camping ministries, which are back this year, 2020, they uh, we did not have any of our camps due to COVID. In 2021, our camps are coming back. They're coming back uh, with some uh, COVID uh kind of regulations. Um, and so if that's something that you're concerned about on our deck, um, dakotasumc.org, you can find the camping tab. And on there, there's uh, that's where you register, but it's also where you can find a, a frequently asked questions page about um, what are the camps doing to be safe this summer. And so uh, we, they want you to feel confident that, that you can go to camp, that you can send your children to camp, that they're going to be safe, they're going to have fun. Um, and so we're going to be promoting our camping ministry all through the month of March. Uh, and so be looking out for that. I highly encourage you to be coming to church that month because we've got some really creative people that are going to be doing some really creative things. Um, and so I'm super excited about that. And then on Sunday, March 14th, it will be our camp Sunday. Uh, and we're going to invite you to wear your camp clothes that day. So wear, if you have a shirt from your favorite church camp, uh, if you want to wear jeans that day. You might see your pastor in jeans and a camp shirt that day. Um, And if you're really brave, you know, even wearing shorts. I don't know that I would necessarily say wear your swimming suit. 
Um, that might be a little chilly for March in South Dakota, but uh, come come ready for camp. Come ready to support our camping ministries. Come ready to register for camp. Know that we have uh, scholarships available, that the church does support our children and youth to go to one camp, that we will pay 50% of the way. And that if that is not enough, if you have a desire to go, but you know finances are an issue, uh, we have other scholarships available as well. And we just invite you to come to the church office and, and we can help uh, direct you toward those as well. Um, but I'm so excited. Uh, if you don't know my story or if you haven't heard, camp has been a big part of my life. Uh, the first time I went to a church camp, I was in fifth grade and I went to Nisodak because I grew up Lutheran and that stands for Northeastern South Dakota. <laughs> um, and I loved it. And I knew at that age that I wanted to work at a church camp. And so when I was 18, literally had my car packed the day I graduated high school and moved to camp at Lake Ponce Camp the next day. And I worked out there for five summers all through college and I loved it. And it it became my home away from home. That's where my friends were. That's um, just such a special place for me. It is also where I experienced my call into ministry. Uh, I was working as a youth pastor and it was at camp that God really uh, broke into my heart and said, no, this is what I want you to be doing with your life. Uh, it was at camp where I got married. It was camp Camp has played a pivotal role in my life. And I know the life of, of many uh, camp was that mountaintop experience for them. Um, and so I'm super excited to have our camping <laughs> ministries back online this year. And I would love to see a lot of a lot of our children and youth attend a camp. So that is coming up. <coughs> like I said, the month of March, I'll be looking out for that. Also, we've got some exciting things coming up for Easter. And so keep your eyes open for those. I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil anything yet, but I'm excited uh, for what some of the things that we have planned. Um, we want Easter to be a celebration, so uh, that is our goal. That is our plan. Uh, we want to celebrate with you. Um, but before we get into Easter, we are in Lent, and Lent has a different feel. Uh, this past Sunday, we started a new sermon series called Seven Words, uh, it's based on a book by Susan Robb, and I've done a couple of her series, and I've just found her to be incredibly insightful and incredibly, um, it just, it really speaks to my heart. And so it's my hope that this series speaks to you. And from the response uh, from the sermon this past Sunday, it does seem that um, it is speaking to you. So the series is looking at the statements of Jesus while he was on the cross. And so we're going to spend our season of Lent really with Jesus in his final hours of his life. And the first week, uh, we talked about Father, forgive them. Uh, and that was Jesus speaking, you know, to God about not only the people that had um, put him on the cross, who had had a part in his uh, beating and flogging, uh, in his arrest, in his crucifixion, but all of us who, who have a part in that, all of us um, you know, Jesus becomes our advocate. He becomes, uh, he's praying this on our behalf. Father, forgive them. Um, and, and so we talked a lot about forgiveness this week. And if you haven't heard the sermon, I hope that you go back and, and listen to it. But I do want to talk a little bit more today about um, forgiveness and, and some of the things that I only touched on in the sermon, because uh, this is such a big topic. Um, and it's such a hard topic, and I and I kind of talked about that a little bit, that forgiveness on the one hand is the best news because God forgives us, 
our sin, uh, if we if we name that and, and repent and bring that to God, that God will erase our sin. Uh, scripture says that, you know, our sin is removed from us as far as east is removed from west, like it is no more. Um, but also that as Christians, we are called to forgive. And I think that's probably one of the hardest uh, commands that we have is to forgive and to forgive uh, things that we don't want to forgive, that we don't want to let go of, that that have a hold on us, that that, that pain is real and it's um, and what has been done to us should not have been done to us. And and that's a really tough thing. And, and I talked on Sunday about the fact that forgiveness isn't really about the person that we're forgiving. It's about us. It's about freeing ourselves um, from what has happened and, and from defining our lines by what has happened uh, so that we can be free to move on and we can be free to fully embrace the life that Christ has offered us. Um, I think so often we get stuck in in what has been done, we get stuck in our hatred, we get stuck in our anger, we get stuck in our hurt and our pain, um, that that we we become enslaved to it and we're not free to live the life that we want to live because we're so um, bogged down by, by the experiences that we didn't choose to have. Um, and I don't want to minimize these things at all. I don't want to say that, you know, like, just walk away from it. It's super easy. It's not. Um, that that this work of forgiveness, this work of freedom, one, uh, we are not capable of doing on our own. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is through God's grace that we can even bring ourselves to that. Uh, but two, it's not a one and done thing. I think it's it's a constant, um, it's a constant having to return to it, having to remind ourselves, having to give things over to God because we have a tendency to want to pick them up once we've <laughs> offered them to Jesus, that we pick them up again. Um, and so I, I just want to put that out there, that forgiveness doesn't condone what someone has done to us. Forgiveness doesn't erase what has happened. Uh, forgiveness, what it does is allows us to move on. Um but the other side of that, so I, I, I talked a lot about that, you know, we can be forgiven by God for what we have done and that we need to forgive others. But there's one more piece of it. And that is um, just as I am confident that all of you have experienced um, a hurt or a pain or someone has done something to you, uh, I'm confident that all of us have been in that situation. I think I am also incredibly confident that all of us have caused pain to someone else, that all of us have, whether intentionally or not, um, been the inflector, have have done things that, that we're not proud of, that don't, have done things that we regret, have caused harm that we didn't mean or that we did mean. Um, we've all, just as much as we all are the victim in some way of something, I think we are also all the perpetrator in some way, in something. Um, and that's, that's a hard thing as well to live into or to acknowledge or to own, um, that we all are not perfect, right? Scripture says that we all have sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. Um, and, and while it is true that God will forgive you if you are repentant and you own what you have done and you turn from that, God will forgive you. God will erase that, um, 
that's not all of the work that we need to do. I think there is another piece of it, which is we need to own and apologize and repent uh, to those who we've caused harm. Um, and that is like, talk about a fun ass assignment, right? Um, but, but I think it's super important, especially if we want to be people of integrity and we want to be people of authenticity. And if we want to work to repair relationships that are broken um, because of something that we have done, um, it's not enough just to say, well, God has forgiven me, um, so it should, everything's fine. I think we also have to own and acknowledge um, and apologize for the things that we have done to the people that we have done those things to. Um, and that doesn't mean that they're going to forgive us in that moment. That doesn't mean that they're going to be in that place or are ready for that. But um, scripture says that we have to live in peace as far as it is up to us, which means uh, we are not free to not own our mistakes. We are not free to pretend like uh, we're perfect. Uh, we, we have to do the work we can do to try to make things right. Um, realizing that it's not all on us, um, but we have to do what, what we can. And so that's a tough thing. Um, the other week I, I shared that I had messed up <laughs> um, in something that I was doing here at the church. I, so I, I'll share a little more openly because it's, it's been resolved and I feel like um, I think that all the parties involved are on a good page now and it's not, not like a big, big thing, but I wanna use it as an example of this um, because had it gone a different, you know, had I handled it differently, I think it could have gone a very different way. And so uh, late December, Diane Kish, who is a lovely human being and who's been doing some work in the office for us, uh, reminded me, she goes, Pastor Katie, are we going to be doing confirmation this year? Um, because we had talked about it in the fall and I just wasn't ready at that time um, with some of the, the staffing changes that we had to, to kick that off. And I said, well, let's kick that off in January, uh, which I had understood was kind of the practice of the church anyway. And so she's like, that's great. And so at the end of December, she hadn't heard anything from me. And I said, oh, goodness, yeah, I should probably get that planned. And so I spent a day or two trying to kind of make a plan, uh, make a schedule. And my habit uh, for the last few years has been to do confirmation in the last couple churches uh, on Sunday during like a Sunday school hour. Because uh, if you're having students in worship, it would make sense for them to just be right there for Sunday school. And so I planned confirmation to be on Sunday mornings. Um, not realizing or understanding that this church has a habit of doing confirmation on Wednesday nights. Uh, and this caused some stress <laughs> for some of our confirmation families in particular, that there's a lot more, uh, you know, kind of in the last few years, a lot more activities are being scheduled on Sundays and it was causing families to, um, start to wrestle with, you know, I don't think I can be there for months if it's going to be on Sunday. Like, how are we going to handle this? And I was trying to be gracious about like, I'll meet with you whenever we can. Uh, but it got to be more and more families that were that were calling that were that were stressed out that were, why did this change happen? And I just, you know, my first reaction was to be kind of defensive and be like, well, why would it I mean, like, it's Sunday, why do I have to defend that? Right? Um, Finally, uh, 
I someone sat down with me and had a conversation with me about you know, this is the way that, that things have kind of worked in this church and the way that, that Yankton works and that the school really tries to protect Wednesday nights for the sake of confirmation in youth group. Um, and and then in visiting with the families. So, so after that conversation, I started to realize like, oh, I didn't really listen. I didn't really uh, do my due diligence in understanding how things were working here. I just kind of brought in my own thoughts and my own practices from other places. And, you know, and, and because I was trying to put it together in such a short time, I just did what I knew to do, uh, which isn't entirely a bad thing, except for that I wasn't really taking into account the people here uh, that I am meant to serve. And so the first Sunday that we had scheduled confirmation, I invited the parents to come and I said, listen, I've been getting feedback and I need to apologize. I need to own that I caused you harm, that I caused you stress in what I did. I didn't mean to do that, but I did. And I'm sorry. And I'm ready to listen now. I'm ready to be open to what you have to tell me and if there's a better way to do this. And uh, and then we came to the conclusion that it really worked for everybody to to do it Wednesday evenings before youth group, which is now what we're doing. And it it is working well. We're having very good attendance. The families are happy. They felt heard. They felt listened to. But had I had I not come to the realization that I was causing harm, that I didn't do my job in listening, in understanding my context, and understanding the church, and understanding Yankton as a different community than the other communities I have served. Um, if I didn't come to the realization that I had done something that needed, I needed to do differently, there could have been a lot of stress and a lot of tension. Uh, if I would, or if I would have insisted that no, it needs to be on Sunday. That's the way that I do it and you need to figure it out. Um, I think that would have caused um, unnecessary barrier between me and, and families. And so um, I don't mean to share that story to be like, look how great I am, because if I was really great, I would have not made the mistake in the first place. Clearly, you know, I needed to learn there and, um, and, and I needed to own it. And I needed to say, I'm sorry. I had a name what I did, I had to name that even though I didn't intend to do it, I did it. Uh, and I'm sorry for that. And, and to just face it, face it. And, and honestly, what it did was create, um, I think, a good foundation for that group um, to know that they can, they can share with me and listen, and that'll, that I'm going to try to listen, because that's the other piece of repentance, is to say, um, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm gonna, I understand that I hurt you, and this is what I'm prepared to do moving forward. And what I said I was prepared to do was to listen, and I did. I had to follow through with that, because I think without that piece as well, I would not, again, it could have gone very differently, uh, where people wouldn't have felt heard, wouldn't have felt valued, wouldn't have felt understood, or that um, that the church really cared for them. And so that's an example of, I think, what it looks like um, when we make mistakes and what it looks like for us to repent and what it looks like, what it looks like for us to try to make things right. Now, there could have been a parent there that just was upset 
from the get-go did not want to show up did not want to be a part of that <coughs> you know wasn't ready for that and I can't control that remember I said scripture says that we have to live in peace as much as it is up to us and so you know what I could do in that moment was to acknowledge that I made a mistake to own the harm that I had done and then to share my repentance in the way that I was going to commit to being moving forward, that I've learned from what I've done, that I don't, I'm not interested in repeating that mistake. Um, now, this is a pretty minor example. There, there are things that are a lot harder and there are things that I think um, are going to take a lot more time and a lot more intention and a lot more work, especially in places where trust has been broken. Um, but it doesn't relieve us from having to do that work, from having to own that, um, you know, I broke that trust. I've caused you harm. I don't deserve uh, your forgiveness, but I am so sorry. And moving forward, I I see that this behavior is is unhelpful, and I and I don't want to do that anymore. And I think again for some in that situation it's about seeing does the is the repentance real has the behavior really changed is there a change of heart is there a change of attitude and action um before there's really any sort of uh <laughs> any sort of repairs to be made um, but i think that's just another side to this idea around forgiveness that God will forgive us when we're not worthy because of who God is. But at the same time, because of who we are as humans and that we're flawed and that we don't have the same kind of capacity for unconditional love that God has, um, that we we tend to withhold forgiveness uh, and we tend to want there to be, um, we want the person to be worthy of it. Um, now, as Christians, we are being called to forgive, not because of someone is worthy, but because God has forgiven us and God has given us that, that grace and that in response to what God has done, that we are called to forgive um, and to not let these things hold on to us. But I just want to talk a little bit, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about as a Christian, what does it look like to try to repent and make things right with someone else? And it, maybe someone who's not a Christian or someone who doesn't have that understanding of unconditional love in their life. Um, because it doesn't, again, exempt us from having to do that work, but understanding that uh, we need to do what we can to live in peace and, and be right with people and to be people of integrity that we own when we make mistakes, that we own when we are wrong, that we are open to correction, that we are open to criticism, uh, positive criticism, I hope, um, and that we're willing to, to grow and to be better um, and to, because again, that's part of our witness as Christians. That's part of, you know, if we believe in loving God and loving our neighbor, I think that's part of loving our neighbor is, is owning when, when we've caused harm. And the reality is, is we all have, whether we did that intentionally or not. Um, and so then we all have work to do. And so Sunday, um, the end of the sermon, and I included it, I, I posted it on our Instagram and our Facebook page. I included a prayer um, about who we need to forgive. 
Uh, who in your life has caused you harm? What kind of pain or hurt are you holding on to that you need to let go of um, for your own health and for your own growth? Um, and that's a really painful and difficult thing to do. And and I, I had the privilege of getting to visit with uh, multiple different people about that process in their life and who they needed to forgive and the kinds of things they've been holding on to and how that's negatively impacted them in their life and how they want a fresh start. Um, but I would say if you're listening to this podcast, if you're watching today, um, I have another challenge for you. And that is, who do you need to say I'm sorry to? Who do you need to own up? and say, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I know that I caused you harm. I'm sorry. It may have been intentional, it may not have been, it may have been in response to pain that they have caused, it may not have been, it may have been uh, pain of omission, it may have been, I didn't see you, I didn't understand where you were coming from, I didn't listen, I didn't care. Who do you need to apologize to? Who have you hurt that you need to make right with? And I will say that this is a much harder thing, I think. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. You can comment below on what you think is harder uh, to have to admit when you were wrong or to forgive when you were right to when you were the victim. Yeah, they're hard in their own ways, aren't they? And, and to begin that work, to begin that work this week of um, making things right, of living at peace with each other. Because as Christians, we really, we're not called to live carrying these things. We're not called to live withholding <laughs> apologies and, and, and not if we don't face what we have done, we can't be forgiven for it. If we don't acknowledge it to God and to others, we can't be healed of it. It's like having a wound that you're like, it doesn't exist. It's not, it's not that bad. And it, and it just doesn't heal because it's just open and it's festering. Like you have to admit that you have it before someone can help heal it. And I think that's true of what we do. Um, you have to admit that there's something that's eating away at you before you can be free of it. And so that's my challenge to you. Uh, twin challenge to the sermon this week is, what do you need to own? What do you need to face? What do you need to fess up to? And, and to begin that work, it's not, be, the victory here is not having someone forgive you. The victory is you apologizing. The victory is you repenting and changing because they might not forgive you. You don't have control over that. You only have control over what you can do. And so it's my hope today that for your own spiritual health, for your own emotional well-being, to own up to something that you haven't apologized for, that you haven't worked to make right, and to begin that process this week. And if you would like prayer for that, if you would like guidance, if you would like a pep talk before you get to that conversation, I would be more than happy to be praying with you, um, to be that person that can encourage you and to help you. Um, this, isn't, this isn't about judgment of what we've done because we have all done things. 
um, that have caused pain, that have caused harm. We all have done that, including me, including things much worse than what I've shared with you today. Um, so that's not it. Because my job is to help you move forward. My job is to help you grow. My job is to help love you into discipleship. And so that's what it looks like. And I hope that you take me up on this. And I hope that it becomes your God moment this week. So I hope to see you Sunday at 10 a.m. This coming week, we are going to dive into Jesus' statement, Today you will be with me in paradise. Oh, it's a good one. Already, we're just jumping out of the gate on some really profound things, and I am loving it. I, I love Lent, um, uh, and so this is just... I hope that you are getting a lot out of this, digging deep, uh, getting real. This is what real real discipleship looks like, doing the hard stuff. Uh, but it, it's what gives you true freedom. So God bless you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of What's Going On, a video and audio podcast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. You can join us for worship Sundays, at 10 a.m., either online at www.firstumcyankton.org or in person with our safety protocols in place. We do require masks and social distancing. We hope to see you in worship. God bless.